What did they want with a man in the house of psychotic women? What do they do to a man in the house of psychotic women? What else? House of Psychotic Women. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. you're going crazy every fucking day of my life i feel like that's very relatable under the pandemic yeah it, it seems like i keep talking to people who are just like yeah everyone's just like a new baseline level of insane now yeah and it's in some ways it's great in some ways it's quite alarming right it's quite funny in a lot of ways and i understand you know similar things uh from like your family members feeling like this too oh yeah so you could say you live in a house of psychotic women. Dun, dun, dun. Hi, welcome to Queer Horror Cult. We are doing an episode that's based on that bullshit. Uh, I'm Lori. I'm Arya. What bullshit? Crazy ladies? <laughs> just, just the stupid... Girlies stu- going the stu- insane? The stupid intro I tried to pull. <laughs> with a, I would say, with middling success. That's what they're here for. Yeah, but no, like this year i think everyone can can agree and i realize how hack it is at this point to just be like this year huh but at the same time this fucking year huh uh i i don't know i felt like my mental state has degraded like exponentially as time has gone on r-e-p-d-l but i'm different i'm kidding i no i mean i'm i'm actually doing just fine right now yeah we'll see how long that lasts but i mean it has not been that way i was gonna say it's been a year and a half of just like Topsy turviness. Yeah, no, I've just I've just had a good couple of weeks where I've been like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm doing okay. Yeah. This is not the norm. So as much as I'm like riding that high right hey, now, hey, ride it, ride yes, it as long as you can. I will also say, don't worry, I'm insane too. <laughs> but but um, the the what you originally said though, where you're just like, I can't relate to all of y'all. I'm doing great. It's like that's how all the dudes <laughs> treat all the women in these movies that we're about to talk about. Good segue. Yeah. Why not? Sure. I segued into that, like, Paul Blart into a store shutter. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That movie sucks. I wouldn't know. This was sort of a, a topic that I've been wanting to do for a long time, but it's actually the topic that led to this topic I was originally pitching, because I'm a huge fan of this thing called regional horror movies, which... Uh, what are regional horror movies, Laurie? You sound like the little dna strand dude at the start of jurassic park who's like telling them all about how to make dinosaurs out of like mosquito jizz or whatever i mean tell me that if you want to as well no i'm good i'm good um regional horror movies are movies typically we're talking america here um but you could make arguments for other places too where their films made outside of like the big film production capitals so to speak so definitely outside of hollywood Mm -hmm. and you know you can make an argument for like whether or not New York movies count sure. and all that. Um, but it's also sort of outside of the studio system. So it's kind of the, those two things. Like, I'm not talking about, like, 
oh yeah, we had to go to Michigan to film this like 20th century Fox blockbuster. Right. These are movies where people that aren't part of the system living in places that don't have an industry just decide, fuck it, I'm making a movie. And because a lot of them sort of were made during the 70s, they would do the drive-in runs and they Mm. would become quite successful and all that. Fun. Probably the most prominent one would be George Romero's Night of the Living Dead came from Pittsburgh where there was like a small indie film scene that he was a large part of and you know like I don't have to tell anyone about how famous and influential that movie is of course sadly not all of them hit that level of Night of the Living Dead as evidenced by today's episode but uh, <laughs> I I don't know this might be one of our uh, agree to disagree episodes we seldom have those but yeah We'll see. (laughs) But anyway, I've been wanting to do regional horror movies for a while, uh, but it's such a broad topic because I could just be like, let's just pick a random movie. I figure there's so much good material or possibly air quotes around good, but I will defend them, that I wanted to narrow it down a bit by another topic and then, um, you know, perhaps we could return to them in a specific other way mm-hmm. so to, to start off i dug up my book by Stephen thrower called nightmare usa which is all about these movies and uh there's just a ton of gems covered in this book and we picked three that were also covered in kira Janus, if i'm saying that right her book house of psychotic women and so yeah we're we're looking at these sort of like movies about women Going through psychosis, women being gaslit, women who are seen to be mentally unstable for some reason, how that was depicted and how they were kind of driven there almost by the men that surrounded them. Yeah, but but we're not talking like the big studio movies or the art house ones like Repulsion and stuff like mm-hmm. that, or, to, or Rosemary's Baby. Wow, two Polanskis, that's all I could pull from. <laughs> hey, Polanski, you got a problem with women? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's another topic that I don't want to cover on this podcast. I started watching Portrait of a Lady on Fire the other day with oh, my sister, yeah. and literally all I could think of was the actress who, when at the, she, I can't remember if it was Khan or it was some film award where Polanski got like a Lifetime Achievement Award or some shit like that, and she like stood up and stormed out in protest. That was her? That was her, yeah, yeah. Oh, which, which, uh, which character? The blonde one. Interesting, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was her, because I remember seeing a video where she, and the cameras are following her, and they're like, what? She's just like, bravo, pedophilia, bravo, bravo. And it's like, you oh. might have just got yourself cancelled, but you're an absolute queen. Now, there's a French king I don't want to take to the guillotine. Right? Yeah. Yeah, um, no, we, we love her. Yeah, cool, because I just watched that, too, for the same reason you're watching it. Uh, anyway, that that is not the purview of this episode, <laughs> but I'm glad that you were able to segue the bad use of Polanski's examples into something positive. <laughs> um, something gay. Yeah, and the other thing that kind of spur this topic on now is as i've mentioned before i'm doing the boneheaded move of watching through all the video nasties like an idiot like a total chump how's it going Lori? oh god i've got 24 left you have way more than 24 days left in the year so yeah i I should be able to do it by year's end but that i think that right there just to go off something you said last episode that right there is a dsm diagnosis (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, so uh, two of the three we're going to cover today are on that list. So I'm like, if I'm watching them anyway. Yep. And so I guess let's start where we started. Sure. We did 1973's Pigs. Pigs. Uh, also known as uh, Daddy's Deadly Darling, I think, <laughs> which is probably the title that's closest to hitting on the themes that 
relate to this topic. Yes. Or inexplicably, as the title card says on uh, my Vinegar Syndrome release of it, the 13th pig. Hmm. That actually is relevant to the plot, if you remember the ending at all, but looking in your eyes, I can see you Kind of. When you said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll get cause there. Because we, we watched this thinking we were going to record this episode, and then we've done, like, two in between, so... Yeah, because we did the, um... The... I think we did three in between. Oh. Because we did the Crash into Town one, because Tatan was playing at the theater. And uh, then we did the, uh... The Cronenberg the Cronen... and Possession. Yeah, because Possession was playing at the theater. And then... And then we had Nicole on. Yeah, that's for Green Room. So, like, we watched this a couple months ago at this point. Okay, so, I don't feel so bad. Yeah, memory might be I mean, be it's pretty easy. forgettable anyway. No offense. Yeah. Um, it's probably my least favorite of the three. Yeah. But, I, like, I didn't hate it. No. It had moments. It was um, funny. But, yeah, okay, so basically what the movie is, is this woman shows up from out of town and is just like, hey, I need a job. And this dude who runs this diner is just like, hell yeah, I got a job. That sounded very salacious. No, it's yeah, like on the up and up. It's just like, yes, you can work he's like in the my one diner. Dude, that movie that isn't a salacious weirdo. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of. I was going to say he's normal. It's like, no, he's a total fucking cre- crazy dude, you know? But in, in like a, a paternalistic way, not yeah. in a like, I want to stick my dick in you way. Yes, exactly. In a way that we can stand. But anyway, <laughs> um, as the movie opens, he's just like feeding a corpse to the pigs that he has on his farm. He's got a dozen pigs on his farm. And he's feeding them a corpse, and the neighbors know this is happening. And there are these two women that it's ambiguous as to whether they're sisters or they're lesbians or what. A passionate friendship. Maybe it's not ambiguous at all. I just don't remember, and I'm just projecting, you know. (laughs) But they're like, I've been telling the cops, like, oh, he's feeding bodies to them pigs kind of thing. And they're just like, you hysterical broads. And uh, I love already that, like, this is something that comes up all the time in these regional horror movies where... Not only are they offbeat because of the lack of production, but there's just, the, the better ones at least, there's just something fucking off about them. <laughs> and it's often the dialogue. And in this one, you know, like she says that to the cop. And I think the cop is just like, well, you know, dead bodies don't got no rights anyhow. And it's like, that's why he's not investigating it. You know, it's just like. Not my problem, above my pay grade. Um, my guy, my dude, wasn't always dead. You know, it's not just like, oh shit, you know. I, I forgot to clean under the sink, and a dead body grew there. He just keeps finding all these bodies. Well, isn't it, is it this one where he's supposedly, like, taking them from the graves or something? Or was that something else we watched? I think that does happen in this one, but... And uh, so that's part of it, I think, the complaint. Because like, they got the... Yeah, they got the taste for human flesh, yeah. and that's how he keeps it going. Yeah, I is forgot he, about is that he, like, detail. Stealing. See, I remember yeah. things. Is Yeah, and, and so he's like, well, I mean, like, yeah, that's gross, but what yeah. are we going to do about it? It's not like he's breaking any laws or something. But, you know, he doesn't have to steal bodies for long as a fresh slew of corpses show up with this stranger who has come to town as she is one of the psychotic women in this mm-hmm. movie and her psychosis comes in the form of she was uh i i don't know if it was familiar or stranger danger but she was assaulted um by someone and ended up going to a loony bin because might of have been her father i think it was her father too but uh, as we'll get into later i might we might be mixing that up with another thing yeah but i think that actually happens in this as well mm-hmm. and so when she comes to town Anytime she seems to get close to a guy, whether it's, you know, like, she's kind of into them or the person's just a creep and is going after her in the gross sex pest kind of way, she has these, like, hallucinations of um, these, like, trauma flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And I believe the big first one that happens is she takes this dude home from the, uh, the diner. 
and she has this flashback to uh, the assault and stabs him to death in the room. And the the old dude who gave her the job at the diner, and I guess I should say at this point, is also putting her up. Yes. Kind of thing. That's right. You know, he's there. Comes in and, and finds it after all the screaming. And starts depo- disposing of the bodies. Yeah, deposing them. Puts them on the stand, <laughs> pitting the pendulum style. <laughs> You've been charged with heresy. Well, no, I also remember him being very, like... Like, to the to the best that he could, because, I mean, he seems kind of, like, stunted and whatever, but, like, you can tell he, like, cares about her for some Absolutely, reason. And is, yeah. like, very much, like, protective of her. Yeah. So it's not just, like, oh, cool, got some slop from a pigs now. It's, like, oh, I have to, like, help cover this up because I, I, she can't get in trouble for this. Like, yeah. I, I don't want her to. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There's projection on both sides. Because I, I feel like... She's projecting onto him, like, perhaps the father figure she wanted but never had. Mm-hmm. And he's projecting onto her, like, you know, he's filling that paternal role. Yeah. And that, it's... Like, protective. Yeah. Watching over. It's interesting watching them both kind of go off the deep end to form what quite possibly is the most comfortable and positive relationship in terms of family that either of them have had. Mm-hmm. And, um... I like that about this movie. That's one of the things mm-hmm. that I think is why I, I, I do, I will say I like this movie more than I don't like it. Because yeah. it, it does do interesting stuff like that. Absolutely. But as, as the mur- after the murder happens, there's this huge personality shift in uh, the, the main character. And she starts acting kind of weird at her job and just almost like she's out of touch a little bit. Like mm-hmm. perhaps that was the moment that, that shattered her mind again. That she broke. Yeah. Yeah, as we're talking about people being absolutely insane, unhinged, crazy, and broken minds, a large part of that is because that's how the movie... Yes. These are 70s movies. This is exactly how they view mental illness. That's about as much nuance as they show it. Exactly. But yeah, the movie is pretty crass with it, as they all are. Uh, I've seen way worse than any of the movies we're watching today. But the, the women in... All of them, I'd say, but uh, to a big part in this one, goes into that sort of hysterical, like, her womanliness has turned a switch in her, and she's gone off the deep end. And sadly, in this one, that means her womanliness, her feminine wiles, is because I don't like being assaulted. (laughs) And when it happens, I kind of lose my shit. Yeah. And uh, imagine that. Apparently that makes me a bad guy. Yeah. Although I will say the movie doesn't really cast her as a bad guy. I suppose. I would say this movie's actually very morally ambiguous yeah and i'm most she's troubled yeah like they're not seen as good good guys sure. because of um the, their actions that they're doing but the movie doesn't sit here and condemn them either mm-hmm. uh but nevertheless the neighbors continue to like watch and see all this weird shit going on and was it with them that fucking weird conversation that just feels like it's from a different movie? Like maybe this maybe. part of the script was when they dropped mushrooms and wrote the end, <laughs> or this section where it's just like they say that when you die, your soul comes back in the form of a pig. Oh, that but, was definitely this movie. Yeah, that was this movie. I just can't remember if it was the neighbors who said mm. it or something. It's just like that's <laughs> that'd be fucking wild if it was one of the other movies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, someone that comes up at some point. In this movie, and that is another thing I love about these regional horror movies, because uh, eventually the uh, patriarch guy dies. Uh, he gets stabbed by the woman that he's so drawn to, and um, I believe gets fed to his own pigs. Something like that. And then at the end, when they're loading up the pigs, it's like, yeah, that's the dozen pigs. It's like, I counted 13 pigs. <laughs> and it's just like, da, da, da. Uh, that kind of thing. It's ridiculous. 
But before we get there, as the bodies are piling up and the woman is just acting more and more, but she's doing that kind of gross, or the filmmakers, on the filmmaker part, that kind of gross thing where she's almost, like, luring men. Right. Um, Of course, the men that she kills do end up being total creeps and deserve it. Uh, Entrapping men so you can kill them is a trauma response. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's not quite the same ending as, say, like, a Miss 45, where when she's finally going out the deep end, she's just killing any man she can, yeah. uh, including dudes that, like, we haven't even seen in the movie before. In this one, I, I feel like everyone she kills, and now I'm saying this having, again, not seen it for a couple months, I mm-hmm. might be misremembering, but I, I feel like in the terms of exploitation movies where it's like, hell yeah, Blood Vengeance is 100% morally good, yeah. uh, in those kind of terms of these movies, I, I think she doesn't transgress that. Yeah. Um, but uh, as... The, the bodies are piling up, there's this plot coming in, and it almost feels like a, a psycho plot when <laughs> the like insurance guy goes after Marion Crane, who took the money and all that, where these people are coming to town and they're looking for her, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? It turns out that person works at the mental asylum she escaped from. Yeah, she wasn't released. She escaped and like killed someone and took their uniform, and it's just like pulling some Michael Myers shit. <laughs> You know? But with daddy issues. Yeah, with daddy issues. when she talk on the phone with them, and it's like, Daddy, yeah. come home, sweetie. If Michael Myers' psychiatrist was Freud, <laughs> that, that's this movie. Yes. If Michael Myers had a wee little electric complex. Yeah. Just the, just a bit of one. Oh, there's yeah, I guess, tweet. yeah, there's there's a little bit of shades of Julie Darling. Oh, yeah. Oh, what a banger. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the basic plot and structure of this, and... I gotta say, this is the movie I sort of responded to the least mm-hmm. of the bunch. Like I said, I didn't hate it, but I feel like, maybe this isn't fair of me, but I feel like there are so many other movies that did this kind of thing either better or at least more interestingly. Yeah. That said, this movie did come out in 73, and a lot of the movies I might be thinking of that do that came later. Sure. So, yeah, um, that's fair. I believe this is one of those ones that at the beginning there's that little like trauma team release right. logo that logo that comes up and it falls in the category of like this isn't a very trauma movie in terms of what you expect but their whole let's snap up as many movies as we can and just release them so there's a lot of movies that it's like you're surprised when you see the trauma <laughs> title card and uh it's not like a toxic avenger knockoff yeah but they did so many movies like, there's so many times I'll watch a movie and that'll pop up at the start. I'm like, wait, what? Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Not that I'm bagging on trauma. Like, you know, I feel like it's such a, no, a wild card. No, but when I say, uh-oh, I definitely mean, like, oh, here comes trouble. Oh, oh boy. Like, that kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> like, just about anyone in here. Exactly. That's trauma. Yeah. That is Lloyd Kaufman. It's funny. Uh, it, you know, because, like, I think more of the Mother's Day kind of <laughs> movies. But that, I believe, had some actual trauma production mm. behind it. Wasn't it, like, a Kaufman? Probably. But not Lloyd, like the other Kaufman, because I guess he has a brother or something. I mean, we have another dirty Uncle Kaufman. Yeah, very well. Wow. Lucky us. Yeah. But uh, anyway, what did you think of Pigs? Um, I mean, I think I kind of pointed to the stuff that was interesting yeah. about it. Overall, yeah, it's like I didn't, I didn't not enjoy it, but right. I also wasn't like super like engaged or you know captivated by it or anything which i mean fair enough it's like a presumably low budget movie shot by you know middle of nowhere whatever yeah so like kudos yeah for sure kudos for for making it yeah and yeah like like you like i didn't like dislike it or anything i was just kind of like oh it was a movie yeah um I, i believe the guy who plays the dad 
uh, also like wrote and directed it mm. and like produced it and all that. And Dang. the daughter that he adopts is his actual daughter. Oh, and he wow. wrote it for her. Oh, okay. There's actually uh, one of the other movies we watch has uh, actually all of them I think have that kind of like the psychotic woman is connected to one of the male filmmakers mm. and was part of the drive to make this movie. So it's one of those things where it's like, what's going on there? What's, uh... <laughs> Or maybe they just had a lot of respect for these people because, honestly, if someone was like, hey, I want you to be in a movie, and they said you're going to play someone who's just lost their mind and it's just, like, going nuts off the, like, eating the wallpaper kind of thing, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of role I would want to play. Sign me the fuck up. Yeah. I think, like I've always said, rather than play, like, the main character or the villain in a slasher movie, I want to be the victim who has the most out-there death. Because <laughs> you get to play with all the makeup and just, like, ham it up while, like, cavorting around in barbed wire or something. Can you tell we just watched the Spirit last yeah, night? Yeah, fall into the pit of razor wire. <laughs> Fuck, that's a banger. Mm. But that's for, uh, that's for another day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pigs. Not bad. Not great, but not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Pigs. Yeah. So, uh, what do we have next? Let's scare Jessica to death. From? 72? 71. Uh, oh, you, lo- you just lost pub trivia. Well, okay, you had a paper to look at. I didn't. Yeah. I'm only the one who retrieved the date to tell you what it was so you could write it down. Yes. Here, I'll, uh, some ASMR. <laughs> um, My working memory is fragile. This was, uh... I think all of these were first-time watches for you, Mm -hmm. and I had seen all of these before, but Mm. most of them had been a long time ago. Right. But I think this one might be one of the ones that gets the strongest split between us, because I really like this movie. Uh, I'll do this again because I remember it better, I guess, as far as the plot goes. Thank you. Um, But basically, this trio, uh, the titular Jessica and these two dudes drive to town this small town in a hearse with like hippie shit written on the side and the town's folks are just like look at these goddamn hippies what the fuck and they, they're just eating it up they don't care but essentially jessica has been released from another mental hospital you know wow it's detecting a theme here <laughs> and her husband sold like a bunch of their stuff in uh new york or wherever they were living, and they moved to, like, upstate New York, I think, to, to mm. an apple orchard, right. an apple farm. And they're just like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to live in the country. You're going to live in this big old house. You're going to breathe some fresh air. Yeah, yeah, like, the, you know, get get out of the city. It'll do you some good. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the, the bare bones setup of this movie. But right off the bat, things aren't quite right with it. I mean, the very first thing we see is Jessica just, like, gets them to stop and bombs into the cemetery and just starts doing graveyard rubbings, which is cool. I, th- I think gravestone rubbings are pretty cool. I remember mm-hmm. doing that as a kid for, like, field trip in England, in Oxford, because, you know, old gravestones everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might have been Sunday school, might have been regular school. My brief, probably not Sunday school, they'd be like, that's sacrilege. Um, and as she's doing that, she sees someone standing in the cemetery, this woman with orange hair who's just, like, staring at her. And she's immediately giving, like, weird glances back to the the dudes at the car who are like, come on, we gotta go, and all that, and back to this woman who suddenly has disappeared. And she looks very shaken by this. And that's, like, the opening shot of, or opening moments of the movie, 
which I think really sets up early the disconnect in this character because she's like you know they're all like these hippies that are just like free love man and like driving around and then she's just like immediately tripping out on some shit in the graveyard Mm -hmm. Uh, they go to this old house and she sees someone on the porch as they're coming up to it and then when she looks back there's no one there so they go inside and she's walking around and all of a sudden this woman with orange hair pops out and scares the shit out of her and she's just like losing her mind like oh my god it's happening again but then her husband's like don't worry i saw her too and Mm -hmm. it's just like okay so there's actually a person here but it just this time i like how simply it lays out so much of the character detail where it's like you know you get the backstory without actually having to dive into the backstory yeah no flashbacks or anything yeah is it's just like, okay, clearly everyone's aware that she's seeing things and she needs that reassurance from from the, the dudes in her life that it's like, you're not crazy, you're not... You're not, uh, not this time, at least. Yeah. Uh, but what they do find is this drifter hippie lady. Wow, another hippie. 71, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Who thought the house was abandoned. And it was, um, but they had just bought it. And she's like, oh, I'll I'll leave. And it's like, no, stay for dinner, I insist. So she stays, and they immediately have, like, a jamboree in the kitchen while eating, like, the nastiest, bloodiest meat. (laughs) I love that the the husband just, like, whips out his fucking stand-up bass that he has and just starts, (laughs) like, they have a hoedown in the kitchen while she's doing, like, the acoustic guitar thing that hippies love to do. I sound like I'm just, like, ragging on hippies nonstop. It's in love. My parents were fucking hippies, you know. But yeah, that's kind of the setup for the movie is just her trying to get by and regain her sense of self in this farmhouse with, with these people. But it's not going to be so easy because she starts hearing in town legend of who used to live in that farmhouse. And it turns out there was a family there that all got slaughtered. And they believe, I think it's the daughter, disappeared into the lake. And they yeah. think she's a vampire that now haunts mm-hmm. the moors. So you got a whole bunch of shit going on in this. It's almost like dipping into, like, Carmilla territory or, like, some Jean Roland stuff, mm-hmm. which would have been about the same time as right. this. This might have preceded it slightly. And, yeah, this movie... I don't know. Where, where are you at so far in the movie as far as going through it? Um, Just remembering it. And okay. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Because I feel like through the the bulk of the movie, it's playing a lot with... Uh, it's interesting because it's not really a haunted house movie, but it has mm-hmm. a lot of those sort of like ghost story kind of things. That's I true. think by virtue of her seeing things that aren't there and no one believing her. Right. But this one's a bit different because people, rather than not believe her, like they don't believe her in the sense that it's not real. But they do believe her in the sense that, oh no, it's happening again. And mm-hmm. they're more concerned that they have to send her back to the to be institutionalized. Yeah, not that they have to, like, help her. Yeah. And uh, so I like that for how it kind of fucks with the uh, haunted house thing. Where, you know, they'll just be like, oh, you're crazy. The, nothing's happening. Blah, blah, blah. Until the ghost, like, rip his dick off or yeah. something like that. Um, but in this one, it's almost the same thing. But it's not just, like... It's a concern. It's like, oh no, you're crazy. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, there's actual stakes there rather right. than it just being a, f- a pure uh, brush off. Uh, like, it still hits on that gaslighting note. Does it count as gaslighting if the dudes aren't in the know either? Or is that just like mansplaining? <laughs> mansplaining and gaslighting. Two great yeah. tastes together at last. <laughs> but uh, it's the bulk of this movie that I think has some really cool visuals mm-hmm. going on. If there's one thing that I think is indisputable about 
what this movie does well is I love the fucking countryside mm-hmm. scenery. They, Absolutely. Whoever shot this knows what they're doing real well. Like, I like the sprawling shots of, like, the lake when Jessica's just, like, in the boat yeah. looking out. And it's just quiet. There's a stillness to it. But it really... And it works with the sound design and the score as well, which is, like, almost non-existent mm-hmm. to really set up this... Um, you feel it. You feel you feel the atmosphere, even though it's so simply established. Yeah. And I really like that. And it's actually a daytime horror movie, too. Mm-hmm. Probably because, you know, they're another no-budget people in the wilds making a movie. It's like they can't afford studio lights. Well, thank you for not day-for-nighting us. I think this one may have had one or two shots. I think, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, thank you for not doing it the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather they did this where, like, because, you know, a lot of the scarier stuff that's happening on the lake... You know, they could have easily been like, I'm going for a midnight swim. And then, yeah. like, it squeezes up. I was like, no, it's broad daylight. Yeah. And I think that really helps play into the sort of psychosis mm-hmm. angle where it's like the the scenery and the atmosphere feels almost at odds with the horror. It mucks with your expectations. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. The movie kind of does go off the rails a bit in that very specific regional horror movie way. I feel like this one... The characters are probably the most believable and, you know, they don't just say weird shit because someone <laughs> who's, like, not a screenwriter decided to write a screenplay. True. And I say that with all the love in my heart. Of course. You know? But weird things happen more in the plot on this in that people from town start getting uh, visits. And, oh, a huge detail I, I forgot to mention, of course, is... The, the the daughter who starts showing up in hallucinations is supposedly the vampire, is the spitting image of the hitchhiker they found in the yes. house. Yeah, yes. that's important. The orange-haired lady. Um, but when she they find a family photo, and she's like, it looks just like her, they're like, yeah, I guess. Like, you know, <laughs> like, no one else sees it. And so it's a question of, like, unreliable narrator kind of thing. Is it right. just, like, these are, this is the sort of, like, gaslighting whatever brush-off thing? Or... Do we only see that it's obviously the same actor in the role mm-hmm. because we're seeing it through Jessica's eyes? Right. And is yeah, is that reliable? Yeah, because the movie is from her perspective, of course, and uh, I think that really helps. I like that they don't do a dumb reveal where it's just like it was all in her head, Ugh, or yeah. like it's just like this is what's actually happening. Uh-huh. You know, I, I like that we just get the story from her perspective, and we can take what we want from that yes understand it from there make of it what you will yeah um but anyway yeah so with that detail in mind people in town start getting like visitations and stuff like Mm -hmm. the the dude who has the antique shop that tells them about the uh story in the town when they try to sell off all the old shit in the house Mm -hmm. he there's that moment where he's like having this tense i think is this movie where he's like in he thinks he hears something in his shop is that this movie or my fucking remember. making shit up? Either way. <laughs> I just remember him appearing to Jessica. Yeah, eventually when they go back, he has like this this weird wound on his neck. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the townspeople start having these weird scars and wounds on their bodies. And as soon as those are visible, they're acting much more sinister mm-hmm. towards people. Rather than just be like, we don't like outsiders because we're hicks. They're like, we don't like outsiders because we're vampires kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, she starts to notice that with her compatriots. Like, her husband, who's just tired of her shit, like, yeah, goes to hook up with the hitchhiker, and, and he has the the scars on his neck. 
the guy who's you know the third wheel for the whole movie who's just falling in love with her the hitchhiker yeah um she finds him dead on like the pesticide tractor just yeah. going through that's a cool scene that i is like really that cool scene, scene where she's like bumping along and she runs against help me she's just, like hanging there like his throat cut yeah. open and it's just like riding through mist everywhere it's they really know how to make the most of nothing or the ordinary to mm-hmm. make atmosphere in this movie and i think that's a big part of why i like it so much yeah i can appreciate that and um She's just kind of losing her mind to the point where she gets attacked by uh, whatever's in the lake herself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe the movie kind of ends with her going out onto the boat. And is it her husband who comes out of the lake at that point? A man comes out of the lake and she fishing hooks him. And it's just like, you know, we don't see the split from all of a sudden we flash to reality. It's still in Jessica's like, yeah, that guy was coming for her. But knowing everything we know about the plot and the characters, it becomes a question of like, did she just murder a dude in a psychosis, or was she defending herself against evil yeah. forces? And I like that the movie doesn't play it either way. Yeah. Or it plays it both ways, I guess. Yes. Yeah, I, I really like that about this movie, because it never once justifies her, but it shows how she justifies it. Mm-hmm. But it also never says, it never goes into full psychosis kind of thing. Like, yeah. the, for all we know, the psychosis is 100% in the past. Sure. And she's just kind of brushing up against it, but she never goes over that tipping point. Right. As uh, I imagine with the, you know, Hollywood cobbled together version of whatever mental illness she struggles with, um, that's probably how it is, where it's just like, you're sane, sane, sane. Now you're crazy. Oh, you're crazy now. Yeah. Now yeah. Yeah, it's a very clear tipping point. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, okay, like I said, I'm pretty ride or die for this movie. Uh, I got the sense that you weren't as much. Yeah, I feel like I need to, like, watch it again at some point. Maybe yeah. I just wasn't in, like, the right headspace to appreciate it or I whatever. I feel like uh, that could make a, a huge change for me, too. Like, I could watch Pigs again and think, like, shit, that was the best of the bunch for yeah. all I know. Unlikely, but, you know. Yeah, Headspace says a lot. Uh, do you remember much about your reaction to it or parts uh, that were I just remember thinking it was kind of, like, confusing and that I wasn't super, like... Again, like, super engaged in it. Like, you you, you didn't think the characters were particularly engaging? Or? Uh, or, I don't know if it was just, like, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't, like, super invested, maybe, is the best word. Fair enough. Because uh, I think of the bunch, this is the one that I found the characters best developed. Probably. And possibly the best performed. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends what kind of performance you're going for. Because our last movie is so <laughs> overdone and melodramatic, but that's kind of perfect for what the movie is uh-huh. you're already cackling yeah and i'm like and i wasn't i i found that one engaging yeah it is yeah but uh i would recommend watching it again sometime because i didn't oh yeah I, I didn't think nearly as much of it on the first watch that mm. i saw uh but i wanted to see it again okay, okay so i didn't dislike it but yeah but that's the I, thing i'm not like oh that movie sucked yeah. like I, I i remember like getting more out of it than pigs probably yeah. but yeah, I, it's, I have to revisit it at some point. Yeah. And kind of go in with, like, okay, this is what I, like, expectations yeah. tempered and, yeah. like, hey, there's all this stuff to get out of it. Let's look for it this Maybe time. I should have uh, kept that my experience with it in mind, too, when we're watching because this was the one that I thought, like, okay, you're going to like this movie for <laughs> sure of all of them. And you're just like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Yeah, whereas I'm... Um, I'm glad the last one, like, <laughs> hooked you so bad, but I thought that could go either way. But yeah, Let's Get Her Jessica to Death is available, finally. It was long unavailable, mm. it seemed. It was hard to come by, like, you know, bootlegs and shit like that, and uh, then I finally got a Blu-ray. And nice. Huzzah. Who put it out? Squeaking Factory. 
Oh. Actually, no. Whoever put it out, um, I'm going to bleep that out because you have to pay us sponsorship money. <laughs> <laughs> As you already dropped Vincent's name. They have to pay us, too. <laughs> or, you know, just, like, give me a discount code for their sales. Please. A little kickback. Yeah, a little. Just, you know. 20% just off for our followers just, and we get a little bit of commission. Daddy needs a little cheddar. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. May as well uh, go into the third one, I guess. But uh, since I've already talked enough, uh, I'm going to let you talk about this one, especially since I didn't rewatch this for the episode because right. I, I watched it, it end of August when I decided I'm going to watch all the video nasties because this one's a video nasty and not just one of those bonus boys that they threw <laughs> in for the hell of it. Like this was on the official yeah. lists. Meanwhile, I watched this like a week, week and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, because you watched it alone, though, so I didn't I get did. your reaction. Normally, we watch everything Well, together. I mean, I was texting you my reaction. You oh, said yeah, this, you were. You were like, this might actually be better than watching it with you. That's true, that's true, <laughs> because we usually watch everything together mm-hmm. for this thing. Like, anyway, enough... Uh, enough about that. Enough beating our meat about this. Let's, uh, let's yeah, talk our, about the movie. Our last movie of the day... It comes from 1976, and it's called The Witch Who Came From the Sea. So good. The poster (laughs) is so good. Have you seen the original poster for it? I don't know if I have. It's one of those ones that I think if someone saw that poster and wanted to watch the movie based on the title and that poster, they would be so pissed off. (laughs) I'm going to pull it up on my phone because it's a great poster. I would love, like, a huge, like, one of those, like, quad posters that's like the size of a fucking wall Mm. oh yeah that's cool that poster fucking rules we should uh include that on our uh we'll include all the posters on our insta at some point because everyone needs to see it so um there's this lady and she has her two nephews and one of them is named tripoli for some reason (laughs) i remember you were halfway through you were halfway through this when you texted me just like wait is this motherfucker's name really tripoli yeah like the the libyan city (laughs) Like, why not? I mean, I've, I've, I have encountered people named after cities. Yep. So like, and beyond just like, you know, Paris and Brooklyn, like I've, I've met a Berlin. My name is St. Petersburg. <laughs> Florida though. Yes. Jacksonville. <laughs> anyway. And, uh, she is telling her nephews all these tales about Papa, their, their grandfather and how he was like sailor or pirate or whatever and he went on all these like sea adventures i mean does the movie open with this um i can't remember if that's what they're talking about at the beach at, at, at first they're at the beach and because it comes up a bunch in the yeah movie. i, I like i know remember. it's towards the beginning yeah okay like because i think i think they're on the beach and they're talking about it but then she's also like hornily watching those dudes oh fuck that was a moment <laughs> Yeah, if, you, if you're into Beefcake. Oh, yeah, this, this, is a, this is a hard body movie. Hard body movie. It would have worked well with our hard body havoc episode. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, so she takes the boys home, and her sister, the nephew's mom, is uh, like, oh, no, Papa was like a piece of shit. He didn't yeah. do all that stuff. And and uh, she's like, no, no, no. Da- Papa was like king shit of sailor mountain and just like the best and don't you disparage him that way now i have to go work at the bar yeah and uh he was according to her lost at sea that's and, right like, he's holding on or he she's holding on to the hope that he's still alive somewhere and or it's he, possible yes. you know whereas he, the sister's just like nah he's dead nah he's, Homeboy's he's, dead. his piece of shit ass is dead homeboy's wearing cement shoes yeah long john what what's his name 
I should call him Long John Silver. That's not right. Long John Big Dome. <laughs> anyway, she works at a bar and she's like fucking the owner, but then also fucking the like shaving commercial guy. Fucking the shaving commercial guy for shavers. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out with some movie stars, popping some pills. Yeah, yeah if, if this sounds disjointed and weird, that's because it is. Yeah, the movie's very disjointed. And it's interesting that it, the way it like plays with that form a bit. Like, I remember. There's this scene where she's in a hotel room with these two, like, football players or something. Yeah, yeah. And they're doing some, like, you know, light BDSM or whatever. And yeah. she ends up, like, murdering them. She's stabbed. Castration. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes, I remember there was blood. Yeah. Right. She cuts the dicks off. Yeah. And, um, but as, while this scene is happening and it's very strange, the sound is all echoey. Yes. And it's almost like it's, like, slower than it should be. And I, I remember you messaged me and you're like, is it supposed to be like that or is it broken? Yeah, I was like, is it supposed to be fucked up like this? And you were just like, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember the, the moment. Like, they do that a lot in the movie, so I yeah. can't say either way. And, but, well, the next scene was normal, so I was like, okay, this was yeah. definitely, like, this is supposed to be, like, a l- little psychosis moment. Yeah. And, and this movie's full of that, like, fucked up dialogue that we talked about in yeah. terms of, uh, like, regional horror movies. You had a great way you Yeah, I, at one point I was like, this is like if, if a straight guy was like, I really want to write a John Waters movie. That's, like, the best... <laughs> description because they say all kinds of wild things my favorite is the lady at the bar who talks about the footballers and and who actually killed them i need to i i I texted you at one point about let me find it um at at one time at one point molly's like I i think this is like after he's dead she's leaving a message for like the commercial the dude in the commercial yeah the shaving commercial the shaving guy. commercial guy and literally ends the message with someday i'd love to shave you really i would bye and hangs yeah. up like <laughs> yeah but but it's a good insight into her character because first off and the way this movie's made is first off while she's doing that phone call it's cutting to the lady at the bar explaining how the footballers died yes and she drops the f slurs like so who killed them and she's just like basically says like gay dudes but like all football f- players f- are homos. Yeah. it's like all football players are homosexuals don't you know that dear <laughs> And it's just like, I love this world you live in. Okay, I f- so I have the texts here that we exchanged while watching this. Yes. I was like, oh yeah, I just got home, so I started watching it. And you're like, oh, good stuff. That beach scene is at the start. LOL. What the fuck? And I was like, oh, I'm losing it at that. I love it. And then, yeah, this dialogue is like someone was trying to write, like, John Waters. And then, is the sound supposed to be fucked up and echoey sounding when she's with the two dudes? I'm like, am I high? The music is normal. And then I think I just started texting you, like... Like, just what the Dialogue. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, with with the music being fucked up in the movie doing that, I love how easily the movie flips in and out of her mental state. Like, there's the point where the ads play on the TV, and then while the camera's focused on the TV, the guy in the ad just turns to look straight into the camera and just starts talking to Millie. addressing to her, yeah. Just, like, hitting on her. Yeah, Molly, thank you. Just hitting on her during the commercial that's playing on the tv and i think that scene is like the tv's at a party and no one cares Mm -hmm. they're like all in the hot tub together making boy soup (laughs) actually molly has a moment where she's bagging on hippies like you where i uh i can't even remember what was what the context was but they told her like suggested she wore glasses and she got really really angry and said i'm not going to wear glasses what am i a hippie that's so funny (laughs) and i will say in my defense i would much rather hang out with a hippie than a fascist no question oh absolutely yeah 
I'm just I'm just being a butt. Just on the <laughs> off chance my, my folks listen to this. Your dad does sometimes. Yeah, he does. Shout out. <laughs> so shout out to Rube. Shout out to Rube. And so throughout the movie, she's like lionizing Papa and how great he is and all this stuff about how he's a hero and he's lost at sea. And throughout, um, in addition to her little her little episodes, we mm-hmm. also have some flashbacks where she's like at the seaside with Papa as a little girl. Yeah. Like maybe probably under the age of 12. I remember thinking at one point, I'm like, okay, when's it going to turn? I think I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think I know what it's going to be. And sure enough, it was revealed that her father raped her mm-hmm. and like died of a heart attack while in the process of assaulting her. Yeah. And so... Nice uh, collapsing of the, the sex death drive. Yeah. There. And yeah. it might explain her sexual encounters afterwards. Yes, yeah. as well as why her brain is a little bit fragmented. Yeah. It'd be like that sometimes when your brain's like, ooh, this is pretty overwhelming. There's a bit of trauma let, that let's, I'm just gonna... Let's just uh, encapsulate that a little bit and push it off to the side. It'll, it'll bleed in every once in a while, but, like, Papa was a hero. And it's, and like, it's it's not a bad thing. Like, it's your brain, you know, protecting yeah, you. Yeah. But, yeah, this is one of those where it's like, oh, but what if in doing that you go insane? Yeah. Spooky. And uh, a lot of this reveal comes in her final moments when the cops have finally realized that she's the one cutting up all the dudes in the city. Mm-hmm. She, she read Solana's one time, and now she's just going to town. <laughs> now she she started her own society for cutting up men. Yep. But that ending sequence, it's fucking wild, because <laughs> it's so overacted, but you can't help but feel like, my heart's breaking for yeah. Molly. And she, Partly because the boys are there, and they yeah. love their Aunt Molly. But she, like, drank a bunch of fucking poison. And well, she took, yeah, I think she, like, took some pills and, like, took them with alcohol or oh, something. Oh, okay, okay. I thought she just straight up drank poison. She, she likes her pills throughout the episode. Yeah. And, and she keeps getting them from, like, the, the the movie stars. But she's basically taking a fatal dose of something. Yeah. And, and the cops like, are banging at the door. And they're just, like, just distract the cops long enough for her to fucking die. Yeah, because so, she's like, Aunt Molly has to go to sleep now. Yeah. And they're like, okay, Aunt Molly. I love how hard this movie goes at the end where it's just like, I ain't going to prison. I'd rather die <laughs> than go to prison. It's like, damn, Molly, you're kind of hard. <laughs> Molly's going to get lost at sea. Yeah, this fucking movie. It's mm-hmm. crazy. And I, I really enjoy the way, it, like like we said earlier, with like the TV and the, the ad break turning into like a message to her, they yeah. live style. The movie just collapses so much into itself. Like, uh the weird colors going on. Like, you know, it is also 70s, so it's got, like, the sort of matted-on, weird... Right. ...drawn stuff and, like, color things. Like, it's a very rudimentary trip-out sequences. But it does stuff like that, and it just kind of mashes things together, like uh, little snippets of the flashbacks, or, like, you hear the sound of waves a lot, which yeah. is lo- losing her mind, just, like, beach noises, even though they're not on a beach. I thought that was really cool about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, play, it plays with form a lot in a lot of, like, interesting and novel ways. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it, it goes harder than you might expect a, yeah. you know, low-budget, regional, whatever movie to do. Yeah. One of my favorite sort of, of the not obvious classics of the video nasties. Yeah. You know, like, you got your Evil Deads and Driller Killers on there. Of Everyone's course. heard of those. Yeah. But uh, the ones that it's just, like, perhaps it would be less remembered if it weren't banned in Britain <laughs> at one point. Fair. But yeah, this one I found, even though I was very confused, it was just wacky enough to like hold my interest and like it, while also, yeah, appreciating the like, oh, there, okay, yeah, there's that and they're doing this and like, 
there was just a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, you know, I'm at the point when I'm watching these movies that I would rather it's this than feel the need to, like, needily explain every plot point possible or not be willing to go out there just because, mm. like, that's confusing. Yeah, I know. You showed me that tweet today where it's just, like, the best movies are just confusing fucked up plots and stuff. <laughs> I can pull it up. Yeah. Yeah, Catholic Dad 420 on Twitter said unlikable characters, bizarrely unnecessary sex scenes, stiff performances, slow pacing, confusing plotting. This is what great ma- movies are made of. I'm not even being a little sarcastic. And no, I'm not talking about Eternals because you have to actually have some swag to get away with this. <laughs> it's like like and then in the and then I guess a bunch of people were giving suggestions. He's like, uh-uh, like 99% of you are quoting with either the most technically perfect and tightly plotted shows and movies or just ones you don't like. I'm talking like eyed wide eyes wide shut, lost highway, dead ringers, Argento, Fastbender, actual great movies that have this specific funk to them. It's a great way to put these it movies. Is. It's, like, it, it is a certain je ne sais quoi. I feel like maybe to a lesser degree, but that's a good encapsulation of what I love about regional horror movies. Yeah. Because that could easily describe... Yeah, they're off is the best way to put them. Yeah. And the, the, the good ones that yeah. I will always write home about, they're off in that way. That's very enjoyable to, to experience. It's endearing. You don't watch it, you experience it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the lesser ones, especially some of the really lesser ones, it almost makes them unwatchable. Yeah. To a degree. There's a line to toe for sure. Yeah. So, um, sort of taking on the whole, do you feel like there's a through thread on the idea of how they portray psychotic women in these? Mm. Because I feel like it, it definitely is taking a similar note as like perhaps bigger studio movies would. Yeah. At least like older ones, which, you know, maybe around this time period. Well, two for three, I mean, daddy issues. Yeah, there's daddy issues in two for three. There's a sort of like, I, I feel like there's a lot of the disconnect between reality and what's feared and imagined in the main character mm-hmm. is shared between Jessica and Molly. Yeah. But... I, I think one thing I really like about this, pigs to a lesser extent, but the other two for sure, is they really go hard on the unreliable narrator. Because it's like, yeah, it's a psychotic woman who's not believed by the men in her life. She's often gaslit. She's, like, out to lunch. She's got this weird uh, trauma response thing going on. Like, all this kind of stuff. But then, since the movie is through their eyes, the the form of the movie takes that on. Mm-hmm. And I really like that yeah, about these movies. That. Which yeah, is I, really cool. <laughs> I think it's like it'd be easy just to like you know do a, a typical kind of movie with that plot where the movie still follows like normative film language mm-hmm. and all that. Whereas this stuff, it's just like we can do whatever the fuck we want in service of how we want it to uh, be. And thus, we will. Yeah, and it's uh, you know it's not always successful, largely because of the budgets. And you know, it's let's face it, these movies are amateur hour. And I say that in a very loving way, mm-hmm. but, uh, the, you know, these aren't slick productions. A lot of people involved in some of them went on to do right. more slick productions, but like, uh, there's some trashy movies I've been watching lately that the guy who like directed them or shot them went on to be the cinematographer on all of Twin Peaks. Right. Stuff like that. Um, so, you know, there is talent there, of course. It makes me really wonder what the fuck the movie would look like if it was these, if someone gave like like a $5 million budget to one of these guys that isn't in the system, doesn't really know, it's like, what would this movie look like on a mm. budget? It would be batshit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's like the whole Days of Heaven story or uh, Heaven's Gate is mm. part of me, that movie that just like went through so much money to make the most mind-boggling, like, why the fuck am I watching it? How oh, haven't I seen this yet? 
I haven't either. It's by the dude who did uh, Deer Hunter. It was his next oh. movie. Because of the success of Deer Hunter, they threw so much fucking money at him. <laughs> and my understanding is that, you know, the production, the, the legacy of the production is much more infamous or noteworthy than the movie itself. It do be like Kind of like the sort of Heart of Darkness thing over right. Apocalypse Now. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Fair yeah, enough. anyway, these movies, they fall into tropes, very tropish territory with how they deal with mental illness and psychosis and uh, the way women especially deal with it and how there's almost like a, it's part of their feminine nature kind of thing. Yes. But at the same time, the movie puts them front and center and doesn't villain- vilify them for being this way. Mm-hmm. They're the main characters. And I think that's part of what makes them so interesting as well. Yeah, there's a lot more like, like you said, kind of like moral ambiguity there. Yeah. Where it's showing them without necessarily condemning them, but also not necessarily, like, endorsing them. It's just right. kind of like, so here's this thing. Take from it what you will. Right. No, like, I, I'd watch any one of these. Again, you know, mm-hmm. I like them all. Um, yeah. I'm really torn between whether I liked Jessica or Witch best. I enjoyed the experience of Witch yeah, more. Yeah, that's totally fair. I think Witch hit, like, so much harder first-time watch for me, too. Because that one was just like, holy shit, when it was <laughs> over. Um, I could see that. Yeah. Fuck, Mary kill. Pigs. Let's scare <laughs> Jessica to death. The Witch who came from the city. I'm gonna kill pigs. Yeah, me too. Sorry, pigs. Uh, yeah. Um... I don't know. I mean, Aunt Molly does a lot more fucking than Jessica does. But you also see how those always end up. Yeah. True. I don't know. Molly, Jessica is a wife. Is Molly wife material? Well, that's just the thing, because I think I'll go back to my old standby of when we did this for the Fulci uh, uh, trilogy (laughs) of of With House by the Cemetery. It's like, let's scare Jessica to death. You get property. Oh, you want to marry into that, you know? Points are made. Yeah, there's a farmhouse there. Yeah. Of course, I know how much you love the beach and the ocean. I do. That could be like your like weird like fling somewhere in Paris kind of thing. <laughs> yes, a bit that will likely be cut out of the episode. So if you just hear these words, you probably don't want to know what just happened. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this week. It's, uh, well, I mean, we even said off the top how spread out these episodes have been, so mm-hmm. that's probably why our discussion's a bit disjointed and we maybe don't go as in-depth this time as we have in other episodes just because we've been watching these movies over, well, for me at least for about three months Yeah, now. and also, like... We definitely vary in the terms of the depth that the movies we watch have to offer. Yeah, that's true. I will say. I think you could. I don't mean that in a judgmental way, just in a like, it yeah. is what it is way. You probably could talk more deeply about these than we necessarily have, but probably. you are right. There's certain movies, and it's how they resonate with us. There's yeah. some movies that I, like I watched um, Massacre Mafia style again this morning <laughs> with fucking breakfast, and I could go, I could write a fucking essay about race relations in that movie because oh, of the yeah. like shitty racism of the main guy who's ironically also like bemoaning the racism against his own people while not realizing he's 100% perpetuating it. Uh-huh. It's fucking layered, man. But, yeah, I do for a rewatch of that one. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I would recommend these mm-hmm. day of the week. And they've all gotten nice uh, releases from big companies who shan't be named until they pay <laughs> us money. But yeah, those books, also worth checking out. Uh, definitely check out Nightmare USA and um, House of Psychotic Women, if you can. I know House of Psychotic Women's available like on Kindle and stuff, uh, and the 
book, like the actual physical book, isn't too pricey. Hmm. Uh, we picked it up at um, Forbidden Planet in London. Oh, is that where we, we got yeah. it? Yeah, we got a couple books there. Yeah. And uh, Nightmare USA is a bit more expensive and maybe a little harder to come by, but it's one of those huge, fuck-off, hardbound, like, Fab Press books, I, I believe Fab yeah. Press put it out. Big, pretty poster You know, one pictures. of those ones you won't regret having bought it, but it's a, it's a chunk of change. Mm-hmm. But if you can, like, you know, your library or, or however, uh, they're both good reads. For sure. For sure. Cool. So I suppose it's that time. Desert Island Band? Not this <laughs> no, week. No, that was last week. Desert Island Psych Meds. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up for some well-butured, baby. <laughs> no, um, recommendations, yeah. Yeah, the normal uh, kind. Yeah, what do you got for us? I have a movie that we have talked about before. On you? This po- I know Repeating? me doing no. that. What? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's been a long time, I think. Yeah, it's um, been a minute. It is from 1980. Ooh. And it's Windows. So it's a Gen Xer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Windows. Windows, yeah, Windows. We covered that when we did uh, When Lesbians Attack. Yeah. Which, you know, it's kind of combining the psychotic women trope with the psychotic lesbian trope. Hey. Two great flavors together. Oh, yeah, I already made that joke. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Gotta stop repeating myself. The sun goes down early. My brain is just Yeah, I've, I've been point. yawning the entire time we've been recording this. I'm so sorry. Which is fucking wild, because when you first showed up, was like, you were just, like, bouncing off the wall, scaring the shit out of the cats, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, Windows. Uh, any particular... Or do you want to explain why you're Yeah, just the, um, the sense of, like, a woman feeling like she's going insane and yeah. have... I mean, she has, she has more support, I would say, yeah. from at least one man yeah. than uh, some of the unfortunate ladies in these regional movies. But, yeah. but she still, like, is, like, losing her mind and there's a sense of, like, we know that she's not crazy, but can she prove it? Yeah. And, yeah, so just that, that sense of, like... Like, I, I could see somebody in her situation being just seen as, like, a, you know, hysterical yeah, yeah. whatever woman in a movie that doesn't take the care to be like, well, what if actually stuff was happening to her yeah. and we took that seriously? I suppose this one's a twofer in regards to you have her as the gaslit, like, mm-hmm. uh, almost doubting herself because no one believes her thing. And you have the psychotic woman who's pursuing her. Yes. So, so two, two, two sides of the psychosis. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I, I like this movie. It's, Me too. It's uh, trashy, but <laughs> that's how we like them here. Yes. My recommendation is going to be 1982's Next of Kin. It's an Australian haunted house movie with a question mark. Oh, like our vampires? Yeah, where this um, this woman gets a job at like an elderly care home. Hmm. And people in the home start dying off. Uh, and it's, you know, it's also like, oh, it's natural causes, but is it? But she starts seeing... That people are dying, like sort of like she she thinks she's seeing ghosts. They're saying they're not real. Is she seeing hallucinations? I don't really want to go into what's actually going on because this movie fucking goes places. But this flick is amazingly well shot. Mm. It looks so great. And you know, say what you will about Quentin Tarantino, more so than the movies he makes, I, I can definitely agree with the movies he is into yeah. you know like the movies he likes. It's like I'm glad that he's gunning for them because they're getting releases because right. of it. On that not quite Hollywood Ozploitation documentary, he basically calls this like the shining of Ozploitation movies. Mm. And you know, that might be overselling it a bit, but it's more in that camp than anything. Okay. And there is some beautiful photography, some great scenes in there. Nice. Some um, 
it almost also fits in the regional thing that there's some inexplicable moments. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, got to wait for help. Let's just have, like, a drawn-out scene where I'm stacking sugar cubes. <laughs> and we're just going to fucking hyper-fixate on that. Not just the characters, but the person making the movie. Okay. Um, but it's it's really cool. I, I highly recommend this one. We should watch it. Yeah. Oh, maybe we should just do an exploitation episode sometime. Definitely. Because we, we've thrown a few in with other topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I guess that's it. Yeah, recently we've uh, both... Well, our last episode was a lot of fun. We had uh, our friend Nicole on to talk about Green Room and, and punk music stuff. If you haven't checked that out, I'd recommend it. I, it's, I don't know. Maybe having, like, you know, a, a, some, some fresh blood on helped liven it up, but I thought it was mm-hmm. a good discussion. I thought so. And before that, we guested on I Hope You Suffer podcast, talking about a very, very crazy movie. But yeah, that was great to be on there. So mm-hmm. that, that, was that was a fun. lot of fun. Uh, I enjoyed the experience, and they're a good podcast, so go listen to them. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, maybe, because uh, one thing is I've been looking at the analytics from our downloads, mm-hmm. and we're not even close to the level we were when we went on hiatus. Mm-hmm. And I understand we're not promoting ourselves quite as much, and we took a break for yeah. a year. I'm not surprised people disappeared. But, you know, hey, if you like us, maybe, like, retweet our shit. Or, like, tell your buddies. Rate us. Yeah. Like, rate and subscribe, homie. Yeah. Um... Or don't. We're going to respect your autonomy. Yeah, we'll respect your autonomy. Yeah, so until next time, take it easy, keep it sleazy.